1: I'm Kit Bender.
0: And you are listening to Let's Talk About It. We are here again another week with another great topic. And this topic is one that I think we're going to come back to frequently. It's one that I feel is incredibly important and impacts us on a daily
1: basis. And it's something that we saw come up quite a bit in the most recent episode of The Bachelor.
0: Kit's favorite TV show. My
1: favorite TV show. I can't get enough.
0: Yeah, it was really prevalent throughout this episode. So what we're going to be talking about is how we get in our heads, not only getting in our heads, but also building self-confidence and how do we feel confident in who we are and how do we portray that and how does that play out in our relationship? So we saw this be pretty prevalent in this week's episode, both with the one-on-one and on some of the dates and at the cocktail party. It seems like this is something at this point in the game or in the show or in the journey that it gets really difficult for women to knock it in their heads. Everything is super overanalyzed and it's really easy to just get wrapped up in your own thoughts.
1: And that's kind of the nature of the way that they design the whole thing to work. But some of the contestants this week really ended up putting themselves in a in a place where they weren't really able to connect with him because they were
0: too wrapped up they in were their- they were
1: too wrapped up in that diet in inner dialogue and mm-hmm. weren't able to i don't think express their authentic self and then it'd make it worse because they'd go back and think about that and then just be like, oh no, I, I, I did it again. And then I don't feel like he got my thing. And, and
0: then they're beating themselves up. and right. But that's something that happens on a daily basis where it can actually prevent us from being able to connect with people.
1: But on the other side, there was a couple situations where uh, the girls this week were very confident. Mm-hmm. And um, that was obviously something that was very much an attraction to yeah. um, to Ari that, that they were able to come to him and say, I know exactly what I want and, uh, and I know what this chemistry is and kind of would ride the wave of that instead of second-guessing it all the time.
0: Yeah, because we saw kind of a balance between natural chemistry and an attraction to confidence.
1: Yes, and it does seem like he has a very uh, very particular way of knowing when that chemistry is there and when it's not. And then just, uh, being pretty, pretty direct and precise to say that's not, if there's, it's not there, he's not going to push it. He's not going to try to dig anywhere.
0: And I think that's typical for most people in, in dating, you know, you either kind of feel it there or, or you don't. But so this whole, this whole notion of like getting in our heads and, uh, perhaps not feeling like we're good enough or psyching ourselves out was really prevalent in not only this episode, how we talked about, but also in the emails that we've been getting from you guys and the comments that we've been getting. So we're going to go through some letters today and talk about this because it's something you guys want to talk about. And we want to talk about the things that you guys want to talk about because those are important to us.
1: So Taylor, give me a little bit of an overview of what our get out of your head step process is? What are some of the things that uh, we're going to be diving into a little deeper?
0: So first, self-confidence. That's what we find people asking the most about. How do I increase my self-confidence? How do I become more confident with myself? So we're going to kind of analyze and discuss what self-confidence is, how you can increase it, and how you can display it. Secondly, comes authenticity. How do we present our authentic selves? How do we get in touch with our authentic selves? And how do we accept our authentic selves?
1: Yeah, very important.
0: Third, and lastly, is discussing our inner roommate, which is really pulled from The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Fantastic book. It's life-altering book.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great book. I read it many years ago and then you got it uh, fairly recently. And even just going back and flipping, flipping through it it's and amazing. seeing my old underlines is like, wow, really touched on a lot of things that now I'm still like learning, you know, like learning mm-hmm. at, a, at a heart or soul level, not just on a head level. And so it's, it's a very relevant book, The Untethered Soul.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. So the third component of your inner roommate, which is essentially our inner voice, is kind of that last third step to how to get out of your head, whether it's just in your dating life or simply working on self-development. These are kind of the three things, self-confidence, authenticity, and our inner roommate that are important to reflect on in order to perhaps be more confident with who we are and in who we're presenting to our outer world. There's a quote by E.E. Cummings that I feel like really sums up what we're gonna dig into this episode. And I really wanna share, I think it's very important. He says, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody but yourself means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight. And never stop
1: fighting. To be yourself. Which I think is the key to um, understanding all of those things. Understanding self-confidence. Understanding authenticity. uh, And then when we're dealing with that voice in our head, our inner roommate, uh, understanding what is the thing thinking and what is the thing observing. Who is that authentically
0: so to start off with the first concept, self-confidence, we did an episode on self-compassion. I believe it was our episode five,
1: four, yeah, something like that. Episode four.
0: Yeah. It was episode four, self-compassion. And we kind of distinguished the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. We didn't really touch on self-confidence, but self-confidence is essentially having a feeling of trust in your abilities, your qualities, and your judgments,
1: as opposed to self-esteem, which has more to do with your sense of self-worth and your own perceived value. So, self-esteem is kind of an, an inward focus. If you're looking at yourself, your self-esteem is what would be being observed, and then your self-confidence is how that is being presented out.
0: Yeah, and and there's a a factor in self-confidence of kind of having this accurate kind of awareness of what you're abilities and qualities and, and judgment is of yourself.
1: Which requires a little bit of, uh, or a lot bit of self-awareness of being able to say, mm-hmm. this is this is the skill I have, or this is a skill I don't have, or this is a thing I'm developing, or this is a thing I'm not good at quite yet. But being able to do that with self-compassion, so you're not just berating yourself, but you're you're able to say, this is an accurate representation of who I am, and what my strengths are.
0: And with that comes authenticity also. But I think a lot of people, when they think of self-confidence, I think they think of also self-love, which we touched on in the self-compassion episode too. So I think it's, it's people almost think of self-confidence in terms of like being able to just be confident in who you are. Right. And it's not always necessarily the case. I think being confident in who you are takes a combination of self compassion self esteem self confidence
1: exactly. what we saw in the Bachelor episode was people getting into a place where their mind chatter got so uh so round in circles that they weren't able to be their own confident self
0: well and and with that they start questioning their abilities, their qualities. Mm-hmm. And and I think that happens a lot in dating too. Like if, you know, I can think back like this one guy I went on a date with and afterwards, it, like the connection wasn't really there and it kind of felt like something was off with me that it was like, oh, I don't think he really liked me. And with that, then you can get in this spiral of like, oh, well, I guess maybe am I not smart enough? Was I not funny enough? Like and you start questioning those qualities about yourself... But when you're actually practicing self-confidence, you're acknowledging that those are your strengths, those are your abilities, mm-hmm. and you know you can present them outwardly in a confident manner.
1: And when it comes to dating, I think it's really important to remember that you can have all the self-confidence in the world sometimes, and the chemistry can just not be there. Yep. And it's, if it doesn't work, sometimes you say, "Well, that just doesn't work." That's not. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with anybody.
0: Yeah. That. A connection happening or someone not liking you is not always a reflection of who you are.
1: It's not an evaluation of your self-worth.
0: 100%. But I think that's something that happens frequently, especially on the show and with some women. I mean, speaking from my past experiences too, where sometimes you're not fully confident with your box, like we talked about in episode two, Mm -hmm. or you're still trying to figure out your box. And so when you don't connect with someone, it then feels like a reflection of yourself. And I think it's really important to make that separation.
1: That's very, very important.
0: And I also just want to note, if any of you hear what sounds like to be a snoring man in the background, (laughs) it is... Just Lily, <laughs> my cat, your
1: little cat, that's
0: on my lap.
1: Yeah, she does sound like a, a snoring <laughs> old man. That's kind of amazing.
0: Yeah, the benefits of not going into a studio and recording and just being able to sit in your sweatpants with your cat on your lap <laughs> and
1: record. <laughs> and talk about it. There you go. Yes, just... and you
0: know what? This is me. Being my authentic self.
1: You are being your authentic self. And so is Lily right now, our authentic old man snoring self.
0: Yes. Which brings us to authenticity. (laughs) And part of even what I just did is a component of authenticity, which is the courage to be imperfect. You know, when you think about recording a podcast and producing a podcast, it's this very professional thing, and you're in studio and, you know, all this stuff. And and I, I could put all those pressures on myself that it be all these different things. But to also practice self-compassion and be confident in the imperfections of things and of myself with my crazy cat lady hair and having not showered in like three days coming back from Mexico and I'm like stinky and have Lily. (laughs) But knowing that there's a balance.
1: Our authentic self is imperfect by nature.
0: Yes. And- when we think about authenticity, it's something Brene Brown talks a lot about and we absolutely love her and love her work. So we're going to reference it a bunch, but she speaks about authenticity as a daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and actually embracing who we are. And that is just, that that's a lifelong practice. It's not something that you do one day and then there you go, check box, you're authentic with who you are. It's Life will present opportunities on a regular basis, especially for the girls on The Bachelor, uh, to practice being the, their authentic selves and embracing who they are, even though it's not necessarily who they quote unquote should be or are told who they should be.
1: That echoes uh, what you said from E.E. E. Cummings earlier, where, the, where when you're fighting the hardest battle that any human being can fight, the battle to be yourself. And nobody else. Uh, he ends that statement by saying that it is a fight, and that you never stop fighting. It is a, is a constant. There's a constant realization that has to be made that the uh, the, the authentic self is something that needs to be actively mm-hmm. looked for and expressed and thought about and, and be aware of. It's not a thing that that, that one becomes. One day and then... Exactly. That's it.
0: A large part of how the show challenged me with being authentic is you have to kind of allow yourself to be vulnerable. You have to open that part of your heart up and really show who you are. And that's especially difficult to do in an environment like being on The Bachelor where nothing's in your control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... It's a very different environment, one that you're not even really sure what your authentic self looks like in that environment. And that's, I think, especially important when you're going through different transitions. Like if I think about when I was transitioning, going into being a freshman in college, you know, how often was I being my authentic self? I don't really know because I think that was a daily practice of figuring that out.
1: Figuring out what it is to begin with, right? Exactly, Which we're all doing. That daily practice of faith. But I think once we get a little older and well, the older and more mature we get and the more understanding and awareness we have of who it is we are and who that self is that does need to be curated and watered and fed so that it can grow.
0: Yeah, and part of that feeding and watering is exercising that self-compassion. We're all made of strength and struggle and one thing i love to say is that through struggle comes strength we become more powerful and stronger through the struggles that we face and especially when we can practice self-compassion through those that's fully being authentic and allowing yourself to be imperfect and showing yourself in a vulnerable way and it's it's part of what nurtures our sense of connection our ability to love it's messy and sometimes uncomfortable, but it's so worth it.
1: I don't remember who said it in this episode, but I I wrote it down because it it struck me, but they said that there is power in problems.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think it's what she was getting at is sometimes the problem that arises is the thing that gives us the power to, to be able to look at what is important.
0: Absolutely. I think it's something that I would really love to be more of a focal point throughout our podcast and throughout these episodes that we are able to look at the problems and challenges that we face in life as actual opportunities for strength and for learning and for reflecting and being open to those as opposed to allowing our innate reaction to protect ourselves and close ourselves to happen, but to stay open and and view them in a optimistic way open light
1: it just changes the relationship you have with with the problem instead yeah. of always just saying no it's bad and pushing it away mm-hmm. often saying well that's there's a reason for it there's a reason for it sometimes being able to see that that flaw within the beauty is a thing that, that reminds us of our humanity but then it also can be that barometer that that's pointing the way of where we need to develop where we need to grow
0: I think that might be something really important for our next writer to hear as she brings up this issue of perfectionism a little bit more.
1: Yeah. She says, Hey, Taylor, I have a couple questions. So to begin with, I care way too much about what people have to say about me, and it freaking sucks. I end up overthinking and crying and stuff. I feel it comes from a place of not having enough confidence in myself. Can you give me some advice on how to stop caring about what other people think about me?
0: So that's the first question that she has that we're going to touch on. And I mean, I'm right there with your girl. Like you're totally not alone with caring too much about what people have to say to you sometimes. And it really freaking sucks.
1: It does really freaking suck.
0: That was 100% something I struggled with after the show. I mean, like you think about it. Before the show, that sometimes you worry about what other people think, and then you go on national TV. Right, And have all kinds of opinions. And it's really hard sometimes to not like to separate that to caring about what other people will think. But this brings us to the concept of having a outer focus versus an inner focus. So she says she's coming from a place of not having enough confidence in herself. And she's really having a outward focus on what other people think. And that's where perfectionism comes in. It's outward focused; It's focused on what other people will think versus having this kind of healthy, striving, self-focused, how can I improve mindset. There's there's a strong difference between perfectionism and just kind of personal development, improving yourself. And it sounds like that's what this writer is really struggling with to a point where she ends up really overthinking it and crying and stuff.
1: Uh, but when we're talking about this sensitivity uh, to caring and putting a lot of weight on what other people think and what other people say. Uh, We're going to get into this a little bit more when we, when we talk about our inner voice, Mm -hmm. but often we'll only believe what other people are saying if we already Already. believe it inside of us. So be, be very mindful. I would ask, I would advise this, uh, this writer to be very mindful of, of what it is that you believe about yourself.
0: Well, and and what what things it is that she's caring too much about what people have to say about her. You know, you're only really taking in a portion of what people are saying about you. And those particular portions that you are absorbing is likely what you're already feeling judgmental or insecure or shameful about yourself. Right. One of my favorite Brene quotes is she says, we shame people in areas where we feel shame and judgment. Yeah, and I'm, she uses the example of like parenting. You know, if you're confident in your parenting and you're you're happy with it, that relationship's going well, you're not really feeling any sort of shame or judgment in it. So, you won't feel a need to then shame a mom in a grocery store whose kid is having a temper tantrum and she's freaking out. Right. You're going to feel a little bit more compassion towards that mom and maybe offer her some assistance or maybe just, you know, give her A little smile and let her know that you've been there. You relate. It's okay. You're not judging her. But if you are actually judging yourself and your parenting and relate to that, and when your kid has temper tantrums, you feel shameful and you're judging yourself, then when you see that other mom in the store struggling, you're gonna tell you're gonna be saying to her in your head all the things that you actually say to yourself.
1: And when we're telling ourselves things, and then we hear something from someone else, it, it validates ends up just it. Confirms it,
0: yeah, and makes it much more of a stronger voice in our head. Which again, we'll get to the voices.
1: We'll get there. Uh, let's continue with this letter. She yeah, her, her next part. question. She says, "I am eighteen years old, and when it comes to relationships, I always find myself brushing it away. I really want to have a relationship, but I don't know how to." When I start talking to a boy, it's fine. But the moment I think I'm going to have any kind of feeling, I just feel uncomfortable and stop talking to them. Is there any advice you can give me in this regard as well?
0: Well, first, stop talking to boys. (laughs) (laughs) You you want to talk to a man.
1: You want to talk to a man. (laughs) Stop
0: talking to boys. Um, (laughs) But no, first, good point. First, she mentions. She wants to have a relationship, but doesn't know how to. My first thought is, what about the relationship with yourself? I would really like this writer to prioritize the relationship that she has with herself, not only because of the first section of her letter where she's struggling with her own feelings about herself and how that's reflected out from other people. I really feel like the relationship with herself is one to start focusing on and Partially because of what she says in the first section of her letter, but also because she says when she starts talking to a boy, it's fine. But then the moment she starts feeling something, she gets uncomfortable and stops talking to them. Which tells me that you realize you're about to start feeling, which makes you vulnerable. And you are immediately putting your walls up and protecting yourself from any sort of potential hurt that you could be getting. And and that's something I very much relate to because it's something I reflected on when reading Brene Brown's Daring Greatly that our vulnerability armors, mine was foreboding joy. I would forebode joy a lot. I would try to beat vulnerability to the punch. I would try to avoid it so that I couldn't get hurt hmm. um, and not even necessarily in you know the way that this reader was but in other ways. And I think... It's the advice to give her in this situation is A, to start on the relationship with yourself, but also in that of staying open to those opportunities to be vulnerable because those are the opportunities for you to practice authenticity. And that's how you're going to actually create a better connection.
1: And I, I think it's interesting that she says that she wants to have a relationship but doesn't know how to. And I, none of us really know how to. We're all just learning how to. And
0: it just kind of happens. But it should
1: happen as a natural flow from the relationship you're already having with yourself.
0: Yes, absolutely. The relationship that you're having with yourself and how you carry that should be an overflow extension into the relationship that you're creating with someone else. And especially at at 18 years old, I mean, I I remember I was just starting a relationship that was going to be about three years long at that point. And I definitely thought that there was a how-to to to have this relationship. I had it all planned out. I was like, if we're still together when I'm 23, we'll get engaged. And then we're going to get married at 25. But it was like, I had so many rules in terms of how we developed our relationship. Mm -hmm. Some internally and some that I like verbalized to him. But there really isn't a how-to. You just go with the connection that you develop with someone. And the fact that she's asking about a how-to shows me that she is lacking that confidence in herself to simply connect with another human being.
1: And when you connect with them, connect with them courageously in your perfection. Have the courage to connect and say, I'm going to feel something. I don't know how to do all of this, but I'm going to connect to you with the courage to be imperfect,
0: Yeah, you have to start off with having some courage. Put those freaking courage pants on because overthinking and then crying about stuff absolutely sucks sometimes. So to push through that, to move through it, you got to put those courage pants on and allow yourself to be imperfect. And oftentimes when we start this overthinking and crying and stuff, we really start to identify with these problems. And again, the problem is not the problem. The problem is actually an opportunity for strength and for you to grow. The problem is the incredible amount of overthinking that you're actually doing. and. Putting on those courage pants and letting yourself be imperfect, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and show up and share yourself is to let that problem and that
1: overthinking go. Often the the thing that we think is the problem is something that's very, very simple. But then we take so much time and we spend so much mental energy going around and around and around it inside of our heads that it becomes something that it's not. And then the actual issue is how much we're going around and around it in our heads Mm -hmm. and not what the thing is that we're thinking about.
0: And that's where our self-talk or our inner voice comes into play here. That's the last component of how we work through this getting in our head and this overthinking. Our next letter, she not only reflected on her self-talk, but then also on her analysis of perfectionism.
1: She says, Hi, I love how compassionate you and Kit are on each podcast. My self-confidence grew so much when I started taking care of myself. Only positive self-talk and keeping away from toxic situations. I always used to compare myself to others, and then I realized I don't care what others look like. There's no perfection. So think of all the attributes you love about yourself and go from there. Thanks so much for the podcast. That's very sweet.
0: There's some really great things in there and some other things I kind of want to touch on. So... great that she started taking care of herself and she was able to see her self-confidence grow from there because self-care is so important and taking the time for that is crucial but she also says only positive self-talk and keeping away from toxic situations which sounds great however we can't only ever have positive self-talk and toxic situations how we just spoke about problems can be opportunities. Mm-hmm. so
1: And sometimes they'll, they'll come. You can avoid as much as you want and sometimes they come. So very, very wise to not stay in them if you can, but sometimes what, what, could, what could be thought of as toxic or even just that, whatever that challenge is, that, that person that always rubs you the wrong way uh, or there that situation be... that just keeps coming back and back and back is there for you
0: there for a reason and there might yep. be something to learn from it. Yep. And, and if you are also practicing all that positive self-talk and being aware of what your self-talk is, that can really help you work through those scenarios or those situations. So, I mean, I really appreciate the fact that she's able also to reflect on the fact that there's no perfectionism. You know, You should kind of focus on the things that you love about yourself or your positive qualities and go from there. I think that's a really good way to encourage yourself and remind yourself of your abilities to acknowledge them through your self-talk. And that's where our inner voice really becomes a game changer, a real star player here in the whole analysis and then moving out of your head and out of this over analysis, out of this downward spiral into the rabbit hole of thoughts.
1: <laughs> Which is gonna be a deep, it, dark place.
0: Oh, it goes it goes real deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a song uh, this singer songwriter Miko. Have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, love yeah, Nico. love her, and she has a song uh, "Deep." It goes real, real deep. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, this little rabbit hole of thoughts goes real, real deep. Yeah. So I'd like to take a break for a second and talk to you about one of our partners, FabFitFun. It's getting closer to Valentine's Day, so if you're looking for a great gift to treat yourself, I can highly recommend a FabFitFun subscription box. When I got my first box, it felt like Christmas. I was really actually surprised to learn that all the products that you get are actually full-size products in the boxes. So there's no sample sizes of anything, which is pretty amazing because they're all like Pretty valuable expensive items and you get a really good deal on them all. One of my favorites is the Real Her eyeshadow box, which isn't really something that Kit would use, but I am gifting one of my items to Kit.
1: I'm looking at this muscle soak with Himalayan salt. It is also presupposing that I have some muscles to soak, which I think is maybe
0: It's all that Krav Maga. Yeah. <laughs> and yoga. But no, the muscle soak is amazing. It also comes with this nourishing dew mask that's like it does wonders on your face. And of course, my favorite, the mercy scarf. It's perfect for travel. I use it on almost every flight. I just got my FabFitFun box and loved it. Go use my code to get ten dollars off your first box. Try FabFitFun today. Go to FabFitFun.com dot com to subscribe and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code TALK10 to get $10 off your first box. That's products valued at $200 for only $39.99. Again, go to FabFitFun.com and use my code TALK10 to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Okay, let's get back to the show.
1: So we have our, our self-confidence that is coming through our authentic, non-perfect selves. And we also now have this inner voice that's bouncing around in our heads so we
0: talk about this inner voice and it's clearly a very important piece of our mental health of how we experience our relationship with ourselves how we develop relationships with other people and two questions that are often asked in relation to this inner voice are whose voice is it and where does this voice come from so we have a letter She's been reflecting on this issue and this concept of our inner voice and has really been struggling with how it plays out in her daily life.
1: And it's from one of our international listeners.
0: Yeah, and she's from Germany. So we totally want to talk with you (laughs) in Germany.
1: Here's what she says. I love what you're doing with your platform. The way you promote mental health is exactly what the world needs right now. I come from Lithuania, which has one of the highest rates of suicide, and it's incredibly sad that people are not talking more about mental health in my country. It's still a taboo topic. But I believe that every little bit helps. Talking about these issues in the U.S. might have a ripple effect around the world.
0: She says, A topic that is most relevant for me, and probably quite a few other people, is the lack of self-confidence. I feel like I have to fight this little voice in my head every day, which is telling me, I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. I'm not pretty enough, regardless of what other people say around me and the compliments that I get. I feel like a lot of things in my life are rooted in this lack of self-confidence, e.g. being a jealous girlfriend, but I just don't know how to completely silence that little voice. Maybe if it wasn't there, I could do greater things. I also wonder where it comes from. It probably comes from childhood, right? Even though my parents were always loving and proud of me, my mother could be critical and negative sometimes. I believe it comes from a caring place, but I still notice how she criticizes the way I look and dress and just picks on minor things. I don't even know if it's somehow connected, but maybe you could discuss it in your podcast. Best wishes from Germany.
1: I think she's got it right on the money when asking about where this voice comes from. And whether it comes from the parents because I think very often it does. I know for me there are certain things that I think about and ways that I try to develop and grow. And one of the primary, the loudest voices is my mom's voice.
0: So I can relate to that too. One thought that growing up I had to combat a lot was when I felt really emotional and felt like I was going to cry I would often have this voice that would say, Don't cry. Stop crying. You're not going to cry. Just Mm. don't cry. Whatever you do, just don't cry. And it took me a while to figure it out. But eventually I was like, Where? Who is saying that? Because I really, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with crying. And I would Mm. allow myself to cry, but there was still this part of me that was saying, Don't cry. So to think about where did that come from? Where did I get this concept that that that's a thing? And it came from my Mm mom-mom. She used to always say that to me when I was little, whenever I was hurt or whenever I was sad. And it was like the writer was saying, she thinks it comes from a caring place, but it doesn't take away the fact that her mom's criticizing her. And in this case, it didn't take away the fact that, you know, my mom was really trying to ease her discomfort of my feelings Mm -hmm. by telling me, don't cry. Don't right. cry. I, I won't know what to do if you cry. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> right. I think it's important for me to remember that parents did their best. Like Absolutely. parents are all, most of the time, they're trying their best. And built into that relationship is going to be a scar. Built into that relationship is going to be some hurt. And built into that relationship is going to be because they're the voice that you heard maybe even while you were in the womb, yeah uh, that that echoes around, yeah,
0: you have to be careful of how far you let that inner voice go, and one of the books that both Kit and I love and referred to earlier on in the episode, "The Untethered Soul" by Michael Singer, talks about your inner voice as your inner roommate to literally think of this voice as another person, to personify it externally, literally as another physical body who is your roommate and you spend all day with this person and to just explore what they say, to get to know it objectively from a place of non-judgment and to keep in mind that it is separate from you. So the really important thing here to remember is that the voice in your head is Not who you are. You are the one observing your voice. Absolutely. So when that voice is going down that rabbit hole, telling you you're not smart enough, you can't do it, you're not pretty enough, that's not who you
1: are. I find the practice of meditation to be very, very helpful in helping me make that distinction and putting myself in the role of the observer of that voice.
0: And that's where it can be really helpful... To actually imagine this inner voice as another person. Yeah. Because it's not you. It's simply all of these different voices that you've heard that your brain's trying to make sense of mm-hmm. that is just going around and around and around on a daily basis. And not everything you think is true, not everything you think you need to believe. By exploring and examining this inner roommate, this inner voice, you can actually get out of your head. You can pull yourself out of that rabbit hole by simply taking a step back and letting those thoughts go objectively. When you let go of the thoughts, of thinking that they are who you are, of thinking that those thoughts are the true you, you have a less emotional reaction to it because it's not personal anymore. And this inner voice that is constantly going, it'll tell you lies. It might tell you some truths, but you have to look at it as an outsider
1: of yourself. And if you have to take a quick break in order to to remember that, and you're on a date and you're going crazy in your own head, maybe you have to go to the bathroom, take a couple deep breaths, realize that that voice is not you, and kind of come back to the reality of where you are and and what you want and who you're with and listen.
0: The more that you separate this voice from who you are, the more you're actually able to be present. If you're on a date or if you're journaling or doing some personal reflection and that voice is in the front seat taken over... yeah you're not going to be able to be very present with what's actually happening. And so your interactions with people are going to be less authentic, which means you're not really going to be able to connect in the strongest way.
1: And you can't have a conversation with someone else if you're simultaneously trying to have a conversation with something inside of your head.
0: Exactly.
1: So tell the roommate to go back to his room for a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> You're not part of this conversation, roommate.
0: Yeah. The roommate does not need to spend 24 hours in the common area.
1: Mm, no. They got to show a little respect for the for the house.
0: Exactly. Do so- your dishes
1: sometimes too. Jeez. <laughs> Get out of control.
0: Put your clothes in the hamper. <laughs> you don't belong on the floor That's in the bathroom. That's why I live alone. <laughs> With a cat,
1: <laughs> with my cat.
0: <laughs> but this inner roommate is honestly, I feel the one of the most important pieces to getting out of your head. Just this awareness on this piece. Mm-hmm. It's you know in a in accumulation. That was the word you were looking for last episode.
1: Accumulation. Accumula- accumulation. Accumulation.
0: Yeah, I thought it was like cum. No, you're looking for cumulative. Cumulative.
1: Yes. When that's things the word. build
0: on top of each other. Right. Yeah which is like Nimbocumulus clouds. I just couldn't pronounce like cumulus, it. cumulus, I... like the clouds like building on top of each other.
1: Oh.
0: Derek and I had a whole discussion over like the differences in clouds and he was right. Typical. You were right, Derek. But.
1: Don't let it go to your head.
0: <laughs> I'll give him that one. It's all about picking battles, right? <laughs> you get the clouds. Uh, but <laughs> to... Give a little bit of an assignment, give a little bit of homework for this week's episode. It's something I have tried on a daily basis and it takes time. You really have to practice self-compassion with this because it's way more difficult than I would have thought going into it. Mm -hmm. You start to uncover so many other things and it's been really important for me to actually communicate my reflections with my loved ones and people who I know support me and are on this kind of self-development journey with me. So the takeaway for you guys is to personify your inner roommate, observe it for one day, just one day this week, personify the roommate, observe it objectively Don't judge it, don't react to it, don't close it, be open to it, and just be aware. Observe it throughout the day.
1: I will leave you with a quote from one of my favorites, Eckhart Tolle. He said, when you listen to the voice in your head, listen to it impartially. That is to say, do not judge. You'll soon realize there is the voice, and here I am listening to it, watching it.
0: Be the observer, get out of your head. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode this week. We love hearing back from you guys and have been reading your reviews and checking the ratings on iTunes. So if you're enjoying the podcast or have some feedback for us, please go leave us a review on there. For a chance for your letter to be read on the next episode, send us an email at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com will also be on Instagram throughout the week discussing this episode and continuing the conversation with you guys. So you can comment and follow us at let's talk about it underscore podcast. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. And we will be back next week.
1: So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll Up to Win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus. Enter by 4223. See rules at RollUpToWin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited.